Are you ready to dive into the world of energy and innovation? Then look no further. SPE's annual Technical Conference and Exhibition, or ATCE, is just around the corner. Get ready for an experience that will fuel your curiosity and ignite your passion for the energy industry. Don't miss out on this incredible event. So mark your calendars for October 16th through the 18th and join us in San Antonio, Texas to explore the evolving energy landscape with the industry's leading innovators. Visit ATCE.org to learn more. Welcome to the SPE Podcast, powered by the Society of Petroleum Engineers. You're listening to SPE Live, digital and physical core analysis, data comparison, integration, and challenges. The audio from this episode was previously recorded on August 9th, 2023. And now your moderator, Zoya Hayderi. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this SP Live on digital and physical core analysis, data comparison, integration, and challenges. My name is Zoya Heideri. I am an associate professor in the Hildebrand Department of Petroleum and Geosystems Engineering at the University of Texas at Austin. And I will be your moderator today. Today's SP Live uh, will be about uh, 30 minutes. We encourage you to ask questions throughout the program. It's now my pleasure to introduce our guest, Dr. Dennis Clemen. Dr. Clemen is a digital rock domain champion at Schlumberger in Houston, Texas. He joined Schlumberger in 2005 and began his role concentrating on reservoir simulation, problems of oil, gas, and gas condensate flow behavior and sampling, and the numerical and analytical modeling of oil recovery. The latter part of his career has been focused on reservoir characterization and managing and executing digital rock analysis, RCA, SQL, and EOR projects. Holding a master's degree in computer science and applied math and a PhD in geophysics, Dennis has published in a number of technical journals and holds patents for various innovations. In addition, he is also a member of the SPE Reservoir Technical Discipline Advisory Committee and its subcommittee, Core Analysis. Dennis, welcome to this SPE Live. Um, well, uh, digital rock technology is a relatively novel approach in reservoir characterization and formation evaluation. And therefore, there are some uncertainties in the petroleum and geosciences communities on what digital rock analysis means. Uh, moreover, the deliverables of digital rock analysis may require new standards. So, Dennis, I would like to start with this question. How do you define digital rock analysis? Right. Uh, thank you very much for the introduction, Zoya. Um, and uh, if we're talking about the digital rock analysis, right, um, I would define it in two ways, right? The broader term, that can define on digital rock analysis uh, is the combination of all the subsurface formation imaging and data processing methods that we have. That includes logging while drilling, wireline logging, workhole imaging, seismic imaging, and so on and so forth. And obviously, it also includes on imaging of rock samples on the surface. And with this, in a narrower term, I would define digital rocks as the variety of the data points that can be obtained on the formation samples that includes the sidewall cores, the whole core material, the cutting material that we bring to the surface and image. And with this, the digital rock means that we build a multidimensional, multi-scale digital description of those rocks. And then we also build advanced models of the specific reservoir fluids 
either the ones that are stored there or the ones that we inject that allow us in turn to compute various properties. And that includes fluid flow properties, mechanical properties, electrical properties, magnetic properties, yeah. acoustic properties, mineralogical data, and so on and so forth. Uh, and with this, um, yeah, you know, I would like to mention a couple of things, right? Uh, today, we're going to have an extensive discussion on Digital Rock, right? We're going to discuss the data integration, the benefits it brings, the challenges that comes with it. But then also, I would like to stress out on the point of data comparison, right? And then before we continue on with the Q&A session, I would like to show a couple of slides on Digital Rock comparison so that we will know of what we are working with and then also, uh, it will help us to guide on what type of workflows we can employ on in order for us to better implement digital rocks into the conventional workflows and then move on with the digital transformation of our industry, of the core analysis industry. So then with this, uh, I would like Alan to, uh, to show the slides. Thank you, Alan. All right. So the digital rock analysis helps us to build on those multi-dimensional, multi-scale descriptions of the rocks. And then here you can see on some of the comparison between different imaging methods from left to right, from conventional imaging, such as the computed tomography done with the medical CT scanners towards the high resolution imaging with the microcomputer tomography that can go as fine as a few microns or a fraction of a micron of resolution, and then towards the scanning microscopy. All of those imaging tools are helping us to in turn construct a digital representation of those rocks. And then each of those tools also comes on with additional benefits. For example, the CT imaging can be done at dual energies and can be used as the high resolution log that can be then offset and overlaid with the existing well logging data. The micro CT imaging can be done at the confined stress so that we can see on how the stresses are truly changing the pore structure, confining out those pore spaces. The imaging can be also done at temperature, right? And we can preserve on the sample, let's say, at the frozen state if the sample is fragile or keep on the temperature which is inherited for the formation. The scanning microscopy can be then also done together with technologies like Amex or ChemScan, helping us to get mineralogical data and then transfer this from the two-dimensional subset towards the three dimensions. And then if we're talking about digital technology, right, it is important to have a way to integrate it into the conventional lab analysis. But then also in the same time, we need to have the way to check and validate the results of digital analysis. And with this, here we can see on some exemplary workflow that we can employ on in order to clearly check the data we get on from digital analysis. This workflow, as an example, consists of three steps. It starts on with obtaining the routine data. And again, the workflow is done in a blind fashion, so no data is available before that. After the point when we get on the data point, we compare it with experimental data. So we obtain the routine data, we compare it, we see on whether the data that we have on, on hands coincides on with the lab uh, information. Then on the next step, we go on towards uh, getting and performing the scale analysis in digital space. Uh, and here are some examples. You can find the link uh, towards the lower part of this slides. But the important thing to mention here, right, uh, in digital analysis, we can replicate on the exact conditions on the physical tests with respect to the fluid data, flow rates, conditions, boundary conditions, uh, specific pressure and temperature conditions. And then in turn, it helps us to also build on the models, which, for example, 
change in the way how they deliver the information about the pore spaces. From, let's say, the basic models that consist of the, for example, one imaging data set, let's say the microstate data, towards the advanced models, which enhance the information on those uh, uh, microSD data sets with the high resolution imaging, either being nano CT or scanning chrome microscopy. In turn, it will give us the information that will extend and enhance uh, our models and help us to become closer to what we have on in the physical tests. In turn, by employing all those steps and running the sensitivity studies where necessary on the unknown parameters, we're able to truly compare the data. But in order to do so, we need to have the modeling tool that allowing us to perform the pore scale simulations with all those complexities of the fluids and the complexity of the pore geometry in a truly predictive manner. Uh, there are quite a number of methods available currently um, in the industry. Some of them have their drawbacks. Some are optimized on for the specific subsets of the applications. Uh, this specific study I'm showing was done using the density functional hydrodynamics approach. Uh, and again, returning back to why we do this, right? The tools that we have are needed to be fitted towards the complexity of the fluids we have and the rocks. And it needs to be truly predictive, meaning that we need to model those flow processes at the pore scale. We need to consider fluid-fluid and fluid-rock interaction. We need to consider the specific phase state. We need to consider phase transition effects, uh, the specifics of let's say chemicals or injectants that we're using. All of that requires an advanced modeling tools. And today during the Q&A session, we're gonna talk a lot about that. Uh, and with this, I would like to pass um, the word back to Zoya and we'll continue on with the discussions. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dennis. Uh, my next, next question is about the potential uh, benefit of digital rock analysis. Well, we all know some conventional core analysis techniques can be challenging. And in, in general, the analysis, this conventional analysis can be challenging in uh, providing rock properties at uh, reservoir conditions and also in complex or tight rocks. Well, my question is, oh, can digital rock analysis filled experimental gaps and improve the reliability and applicability of integrated core analysis, information evaluation, and reservoir engineering processes. Thank you very much, uh, Zoe, for the excellent question. Uh, if you're talking about the challenges associated with the core analysis and for the sake of uh, those of our colleagues which are, are joining the call today that uh, for example have a limited knowledge on the core analysis i would like to quickly go on through some of those challenges right and then we're going to go through the ways how we can overcome those challenges using digital rocks right so the first one is um, you know dimension challenge work will was working with the tight rocks right and most of the labs and lab guys know on how challenging it is to work on with the samples that have the air permeability that is at the one millidarcy mark and below that um, if we're talking about the tight those tight rocks and tight reservoirs the issues are associated that associated with that comes from several standpoints first one is the pore volumes of those core plugs of the tight core plugs, especially if the porosity is small, right, are quite tiny, which means that uh, if we go on, for example, from the in, uh, initial water saturation values, which can be quite high, to the residual oil saturation, the actual window of saturation change can be quite narrow. And that means that we can actually have on, let's say, one or two cubical centimeters of, um, uh, let's say, 
the actual fluid produced on in let's say experiment right but then the dead volume of the tubings that we can have on in our systems are easily of the extents of 10 centimeters and more cubical centimeters and more uh, the other thing is obviously the flow rates are we going with the higher flow rates are we going with the lower flow rates how we can affect and overcome the problems of the capillary effects um, especially for the low permeability rocks if we are encounter on and work on with um, the let's say medium rates um, on those samples the other issue assessed is uh, associated with the sample cleaning. Um, how we can verify on the endpoint saturations? Uh, if we actually don't have the full control of the way how we perform on the cleaning, and the cleaning itself can be incomplete. And then also we come to the issues associated with the actually honoring the reservoir conditions in those laboratory tests. Uh, right now, as we are depleting our conventional, more or less easy to access targets, we are moving deeper and sometimes ultra deep uh, to the ultra deep reservoirs that then have the complex hydrocarbon migration history. And this leads on towards the high or sometimes really high pressure and temperature conditions. The other type of the reservoirs are the ones where the seals were preventing the fluids to escape. And this results in additional compactment. And in result, we have on the pressure states which are above the conventional pressure gradients that we observe on, let's say, for the nearby formations. In all of those situations, one, one of the main issues is that um, most of our equipment <clears throat> that we're using in the labs are graded to the specific working pressure. There is usually a maximum working pressure that is associated with it, which usually don't exceed 10,000 PSI. Uh, so that means um, the working pressure, from the working pressure value, we need to subtract the net confined stress. And for the deep reservoirs, it can go as high as 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 PSI and so on and so forth. That will leave us with the pore pressure of, let's say, five to 6,000 PSI, which in many cases for those deep reservoirs is just non-sufficient. And here's where the digital analysis come handy. First of all, the digital analysis can employ on the high resolution imaging can, that can be done under the stress conditions, which allowing us to actually get on those net confined stresses that we have on for those challenging formations, and then see how they translate on towards the change in the pore geometry not via the, let's say, indirect measurements, such as, for example, assessment of porosity of permeability, but actually by getting the digital copy at win of this rock under the stress, right? And then the second part is when those conditions are then honored for the reservoir, the other thing is considering the fluids, right? And in many cases, the labs consider to use dead fluids because again, they cannot match on the conditions for the life fluids or they have a limited amount of those life fluids, right? So then the life fluids can be then digitized towards the digital modeling and then utilized on in the workflows that we employ on to actually get the digital data, the digital skull data or the digital petrophysics. And then with this, by implying on the highest resolution imaging and do this in this nested multi-scale approach, we're able to get on the information about the smallest pores. And in turn, for example, work on with the samples which have, let's say, a fraction of a milli of the gas perms, let's say 0.001 and below. We can then also employ it for the rocks which, for example, are on the border edge in between conventional and conventional, right? Being... Uh, under and closer to the nanodarcy scale uh, of uh, permeability. And the other thing is we have on the full traceability of saturation, pressure, flow velocities in those digital uh, tests, right? This will help us to obtain on those 
um, not only the, let's say, the skull data, like, such as the computer pressure or latch face permeability, but then also to run on the petrophysical test in the same time in getting the electrical properties, NMR response, mechanical test data, and so on so forth for the saturated rocks at every single point when we are interested to get those parameters, which again, in lab tests requires an additional level of tests, such as, for example, running PCRI and the steady state relative permeability on uh, different rocks, on the sister samples, or on the same rocks, but obviously in a span of uh, months and years to do so. So in turn, I would say that digital rock analysis have the unique role uh, in this extent and then help us to run on the tests on the samples, which otherwise will not be considered to be uh, executed by other means. Well, thank you very much, uh, Dennis. Uh, so my next question is about uh, the procedures, established procedures. Do we currently have established procedures for integrating digital rock analysis deliverables into formation evaluation and reservoir characterization processes? Mm -hmm. Excellent question. Uh, again, and if we're talking about data integration, right, mm -hmm. I would focus on, let's say, two main aspects of data integration. First one can be considered as sort of the basic one, right? And that is if we have, and our primary goal is for the digital analysis to match the scale and the output of the conventional lab analysis, then in this case, we need to match the scale of the sampled volume, right? Which can be a sidewall plug or the plug taken out from the whole core. In this case, those samples are needed to be uh, cornered, right? So we need to upscale the data we get on, let's say on the high resolution data sets from the digital analysis all the way to the plug scale, work on, on the same data, uh, data scale and provide on the results in the same or similar fashion as we do in, in conventional way in the um, core analysis industry, right? In this case, the data points from digital analysis can be directly used on in a similar fashion as we're currently utilizing on, let's say, conventional lab analysis data sets, uh, and then be cornered by, let's say, integrated into the static and dynamic zero models. But then the benefits of the digital analysis, and in here I would like to again treat the digital analysis as being much extensive uh, than just the imaging of the cores that we retrieve on the surface. Uh, the secondary goal is standing beyond that point, right? Is where we upscale on beyond the scale of, let's say, of conventional core plug. We build on the wellbore scale models. We construct them using the various imaging tools, let's say the barhole imaging, um, the whole core imaging data sets, uh, the image information that we get on from, let's say, uh, advanced high resolution logs, all of that in combination together with the core points where we actually have the individual samples taken and analyzed on for their let's say, skull properties can help us to construct on those well-centric models match the dimensions of the grid cell blocks that we're going to use on in our zero models, and then in turn, allowing us to construct those bridges in between the individual core samples and the one cubic meter, 10 cubic meter grid cell blocks of the zero models. Uh, so building the bridge towards defining different zero models is where I see on uh, the future of the application of digital analysis. Uh, in helping to to scale up beyond the conventional core. Thank you very much, Dennis. Would you be Would you please share your thoughts on some of the advantages and disadvantages of digital rock analysis? Why should a company consider investing in incorporating digital rock analysis in their formation characterization procedures? Mm -hmm. um, again, excellent question. 
and and before going there, right, um, I would like to pinpoint on a couple of uh, elements, right, uh, that associated with advantages and disadvantages of digital analysis, right? Uh, if you're talking about the pluses, right, the advantages, let's start with that. The advantages are obviously the fact that we can perform most of the skull tests using digital analysis much faster than in the lab. Some of the tests can be done orders of magnitude faster, uh, especially if we're talking about tight rocks, if you're talking about tests like porous plates uh, that can take naturally a lot of time to stabilize on in the lab environment. The other point is the fact that we can actually increase the resolution of the studied models and go as fine as, let's say, focus IMB MSCM imaging uh, to get on towards the best details available to go on and work on with the tightest rocks, right? So then with this, we can tailor our program towards the specifics of the rocks we are studying. And then, as I said, go on beyond the limitations of uh, the lab analysis, either with the pore pressure, either with the net confined stress, uh, either with the and just the level of permeability or the fact that we don't have live fluids for the tests. The other thing relates on towards the actual way that we control on the current sample state at each point. The fact that we can actually get and control the saturation each and every time is quite important, especially if we can see the EUR, especially if we can see that, let's say, gaseous phases is, for example, working on with the CCUS or CCS operations. All of those tests are quite challenging for the lab environment. And the fact that we can actually have a full control each and every time is crucial, which is obvious advantage. The other one is the fact that digital analysis can be integrated towards the conventional lab analysis program, which means that we can run on certain samples with the digital analysis, certain samples with the lab analysis, and also have those uh, samples on which we run both, right, in order to do the comparison. So then the integration can help on to speed up the conventional programs and run on the samples otherwise that will not be considered. But then in the same time, it helps us to assess on some of the institu important institute parameters, such as, for example, truly assess on the information on the repeatability. Uh, in the exacts of, let's say, contact angles and range of those uh, that we have on the, in the sample. Uh, the other important parameter is, as I mentioned, the fact that, let's say, flow parameters can be also obtained on together with the petrophysical properties. So we can integrate on all those data points and then run on sensitivity studies in order to assess on how, let's say, changing the injectance will affect on the recovery in moving on from, let's say, conventional uh, primary or secondary recovery towards the enhanced recovery and improved recovery schemes. But then obviously advantages also comes with the set of disadvantages. So if we're talking about the minuses, the, the, the drawbacks of digital analysis, I would say uh, there are quite a number of those, right? First one is that the digital analysis relies on, on the provider of the certain analysis of the, on, that performs on these tests, right? On selecting appropriate imaging methods an appropriate program to do the analysis. And in many cases, in some cases, uh, for example, the selected tests or selected imaging methods can be non-appropriate or non-sufficient to describe on uh, the sample complexity. The other drawback comes on from the point that we need to have a specifics um, on, we, we need to have a, a modeling tool that allowing us to perform this poor scale modeling with all the complexity of the rocks and the fluids. If we forget about, let's say, a complexity of the pore geometry, in turn, this will lead us to underestimation, overestimation of, let's say, recovery factors. Yeah. Uh, and we are losing the predictive ability of the tool. If, for example, we forget about the complexity of the fluids, we are no longer able to 
for example, relatively speaking, model, let's say a gaseous phase is a miscible gas injection, uh, bubble point, dew point reservoirs, complex rheological, rheology of the phases, and so on and so forth. So the tools, uh, such as the poor scale simulator, is quite important and it needs to be present. And then also, we need to run, as I said, in many cases, especially for the large programs, a one-to-one -one comparative studies in order to make sure that all the unknown parameters that can be present are tailored and taken uh, into consideration. And then lastly, the digital analysis, those models consist of billions of cells. Those data sets we get on from the imaging, such as the micro CT, focus and BMSM are huge. And in order for them to be fully integrated, and also consider it at the scale that can be considered as RAV or representative elemental volume, we need to run it on the larger data sets that can be larger than the conventional, let's say, full field reserve models that we're utilizing. And then in this case, high performance computing is required and is a must. So then while those disadvantages are quite crucial, right? Um, and they actually increase the minimal entry requirements to start on performing digital analysis. The benefits are clearly surpassing those disadvantages. And I would say, especially when the time is of the essence in performing, let's say, a conventional or uh, extensive special core analysis and petrophysical uh, assessment of, uh, let's say, affirmation. And as our industry transforms towards the future in the period of digital workflows, the digital analysis help in this transformation. Um, in turn, it helps us to transform our labs from being just the pure or core warehouses where we take the core and bring it back on the shelf to the digital data center where we save the digital twins of the samples that can be utilized on five, 10 years from now. And that is especially important for the projects, for example, that considering EUR or CCUS or even the CCS where, for example, potential issues may arise 10, 20 years from now and the addition original rock that was sampled can be already long gone, but the digital twin will still present there and can be utilized on to optimize on the study or to see on what is happening in there and what went wrong. Thank you very much, Dennis. Uh, we have received some questions from our audience. Uh, so the first question is, um, what are the latest advances in conducting experimental multi-phase flow testing? using digital rock physics technologies and micro CT in a specific? Mm -hmm. um, excellent question. So if we're talking about the advancements that we have on the, in the industry, right? Uh, first of all, I would like to stress out of the importance of the fluids and the fact that with uh, this extent, we actually went further behind, further ahead of the time, right? We now can consider, let's say, complex chemicals. We can consider the specific uh, non-constant composition uh, in within the phases that we're modeling. We're able to model cases where we have a severe contrast in between the phase properties. Um, and then also the fact that we can now bring those tight rocks, especially the really heterogeneous and complex ones, uh, let's say that one, the ones that we take on from, let's say, six kilometers deep uh, formations and so on and so forth, and now can get the reliable skull data on the samples that previously were just sitting on the shelf um, no one was touching them as uh, then being non-representative or non-applicable for the skull analysis. I would say this is where are uh, the main uh, benefits and the main advancements, recent advancements of the technology. Thank you very much, Dennis. Uh, another question from audience. Uh, 
how to gain benefit from such analysis in innovating new drilling fluids like nanopolymers and reduce pore pressure transmission to stabilize microfractured shale? Uh, how about uh, fracturing fluids as well to not dam- damage our reservoir formation? Mm-hmm. Excellent question again. So if we're talking about the fluid rock instruction, right, uh, the fact that we can have on this advanced imaging together with the mineralogical assessment of the samples, allowing us to see the types of the clays, let's say, for example, we have in a sample and whether we're going to have potential issues with those clays uh, as those fluids will be exposed on uh, towards them, right? So that this is one thing which is extending behind beyond let's say the the bulk xrd measurements we have on as the state of the art nowadays so we can see whether we actually have those clays and that will be uh, uh, in touch with the fluids second one if we're talking about uh, the drilling fluids and in general uh, in everything that relates on towards uh, the drilling the well stimulation programs um, as i mentioned one of the critical things is that in digital analysis we currently are able to model fluids with the complex geological systems uh, and geological models that includes on uh, different types of polymers uh, different types of let's say in general fluids that can inherit on let's say hershley barkley rheology elongation rheology extensional viscosity uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, viscoelastic being one of them. Uh, all of those complex models allowing us to account on for the fluids, which previously were not be able to either use on in the skull analysis, as again, not all labs actually are able to employ on the fluids that can train on the solids, but then also allowing us to go beyond in understanding how, for example, the solids are transported through the pore spaces. So it's, it is a combination of the tools and advancements in the simulation that help us to truly run on those uh, those tests and optimize on parameters for, let's say, selecting the optimal drilling fluids. Well, thank you very much, Dennis, for sharing your knowledge and expertise with us today. Uh, do you have any final thoughts on how digital rock analysis fit into formation evaluation and reservoir uh, engineering processes that you would like to share with us? Um, Again, thank you very much for inviting me uh, and thank you very much for organizing this important event, right, that highlights on the importance of digital analysis uh, and its future plans, right, the way how it can mm-hmm. extend the conventional uh, skull analysis. Um, the things that I would like to say in the end, right, are related towards the way how we utilize the data, right? Um, I would like to stress on the importance of digital rock analysis as, again, Q&A tool for existing lab studies. In many cases, many of our companies, uh, many of the uh, energy pro- providers, uh, legacy producers, have a lot of skull data present. Um, in many cases, some of them claim on that up to 80% of this data can be rendered to be unusable or questionable. So then QCing the existing data, the legacy data, is one of the things and ways where the digital analysis can be optimized and applied on. It can help to understand what went wrong, let's say, in the usual test, and then make it right. The other thing is the hybrid workflows, where we run on the digital and physical tests in conjunction. This is important and actually help us to speed up the workflows. And ultimately, I would like to stress the importance of digital analysis for the CCS and CCUS operations. Many of the companies that are coming uh, in this domain are new to the industry. Uh, many of them don't know anything about the routine core analysis or special core analysis. Uh, and for them, the fact that you need to wait on a year or two years or three years to get on reliable data on the core, in many cases means no, no. But as we know, 
in order to get an uh, optimal plan for, let's say, the development in the CCS or CCUS space, you need to have this data. You need to have the ground point uh, truth data on the core samples. And the digital analysis can help to cover this gap for them in getting the data faster and then helping them to understand how this data actually transfer towards the reliability of, let's say, long-term stability of those uh, CCS or CCUS pilots. Well, thank you very much, Dennis, again, for sharing your knowledge and expertise with us. And to our audience, on behalf of SPE and our presenter, thank you for joining us today. If you have any other questions, please directly contact Dennis. Uh, have a wonderful rest of your day and see you next time. Thanks for listening to the SPE podcast. For more content, visit the SPE Energy Stream, the industry's digital pulse at streaming.spe.org. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and review. Join us next time on the SPE Podcast.